0: Hello there. I'm Asher Leamund, and welcome to the Spoondrift podcast. Here on the show, I talk about a lot. I just skim the surface of a giant ocean of information and capture the spoondrift. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the search for alien life, extraterrestrials, and not in a um, conspiracy theory way, but in a very concrete way, I guess. The the serious scientific exploration. Uh, and the this, this search for alien life. We're going to be talking about um, some recent excitement and then a new proposal on how to characterize events that may suggest success. Let's get to it. All right, the topic of today is aliens or extraterrestrial life. Something that is living that isn't on Earth, <laughs> and the search for it. So recently, as reported by NPR, there was a, a bit of a bit of a wild goose chase, so to speak, um, surrounding a certain signal that was detected. So a, a signal was picked up by a radio telescope at the Parks Observatory in New South Wales, Australia, and according to NPR, the thought when they when pe- when people identified the signal was it looks kind of weird. <laughs> and this weirdness was enough that it raised some red flags like maybe this isn't coming from Earth. And the idea, the, the thought was that this signal was actually coming from some place in the vicinity of Proxima Centauri, which is a star system, a ways away. <laughs> and th- this satellite was a part of a program called Breakthrough Listen, which is a network of satellites that are Searching, just looking for signals uh, that would be like light at a certain frequency coming from outer space. So all these satellites are out there listening for patterns, looking for signals coming at certain frequencies and saying, is is this something we recognize? Or can we use this signal to track some sort of event that's happening out in space? So all these s- satellites are a part of this network searching. And the idea is if they find something that is oddball, (laughs) uh, maybe we can find where it's coming from and potentially it could become, it could be being a signal that is generated by some other life form. Now, this specific signal had lasted for about five hours and was measured at 982 megahertz. And the NPR article mentions that that frequency is usually reserved for aircraft communication but since at the time there weren't any aircraft nearby where the signal was detected they were like okay this is must not be coming from a plane what could it be coming from Uh, some of the the uh the hints or the the strange flags that were raised with the specific signal is that it didn't stay at a certain frequency if a signal stays and remains at a certain frequency, then it can be usually identified as being man made. But this one, it started at the 982 and then started to drift a little bit away. And they explain in the article that whenever a frequency drifts, w- what is often a cause of that, if it's coming from space, is as the Earth is moving toward or away from the signal, that motion. Will cause the frequency to kind of increase or decrease, depending on which way you're moving. And that's known as the Doppler effect. And so whenever a frequency is increasing a little bit or decreasing a little bit, that can suggest that it's coming from somewhere out in outer space. And the Doppler effect, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that default analogy that I remember from high school when I first learned about it. So it's like whenever you see an emergency vehicle, like an ambulance or something coming, coming toward you. At first it's slow. It's slow. It's like, we knew, we knew. And then as it approaches you and gets closer, then it starts to pick up and get faster because it's motion toward you is kind of making the signal a little bit compressed. It's reaching you at a faster rate. And so it kind of like, we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew, and then picks up. And then as it passes you, it starts to slow down because now all of a sudden it's moving away from you. And so it's like new no 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 it's that sort of thing. Like in Star Wars. There's there's a there's a new one. Like whenever they've got those spacecraft blasting by you. It's like starts starts and it moves past you. That's the Doppler effect. Same sort of thing with signals or um frequencies coming from outer space. And that can be uh, caused by the motion of earth. And so this frequency was doing that. And they're like, wow, <laughs> okay, this is weird. Well, let's, let's take a look. And so th- there was all this commotion. They'd they found this new signal. They're like, what's, what's going on? Um, but as it, as it, as it turned out, it probably wasn't anything. Uh, and it was reported that the signal was not in fact coming from outer space. They'd, they'd pinned it down to to coming from Earth after a while. And then the, the scientists interviewed in the article kind of made a guess that it might just be some some old piece of electronics equipment. Now, in the article, they don't actually call out the specific piece of evidence that helped them I'd come to the conclusion that it wasn't from outer space, which I've, I find kind of interesting. Uh, they just mentioned that the the signal disappeared. They found it at one point, and then after a little while it went away so it wasn't this constant signal being broadcast from out in outer space it was something that started and then turned off more than likely something caused by some man-made object now this brings to um brings into question the the sort of criteria that go into validating the claims or observations that a signal or Something has been detected that could be originating from and made by some life form off of Earth. And there's another article also published by NPR that's describing a sort of framework that's being developed to categorize these observations. So we noticed in the previous story that there was a signal detected had some weird stuff going on about it then the thought is it could be coming from outer, from outer space, maybe being generated by technology developed by life forms that aren't humans. But as it ended up, it was humans generating the thing. But whenever claims like this are made, it can <laughs> be a bit exciting uh, for both scientists and non-scientists alike because the idea of discovering alien life is... Kind of a kind of a big deal. I mean, if they're far away and they're not going to harm us, I mean, it's just interesting, <laughs> if nothing else. And so, some 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 NASA scientists are proposing a way to avoid false alarms. What they want to do is they want to prevent um, these claims from being blown out of proportion. They point out how what what's often searched for when it comes to alien life is a planet that exists in what they call the Goldilocks zone, or the area kind of where Earth is in relation to the sun. It's a certain distance away that would potentially allow water to exist in a liquid form on the surface of a planet, to hold oxygen in the atmosphere, to have some of these ingredients that, as of right now, we associate with life. So if we're looking out into the stars and we find an exoplanet that's going around a sun or a star, <laughs> and it's it happens to be in that, that Goldilocks zone, that area where if Earth were in that solar system, maybe all those conditions could occur. If we're looking at planets like that, when we find one, we need to be careful about our claims that maybe it does contain life because <laughs> they in the article they point out how venus has a lot of those things it's got oxygen it's at a distance away from earth or from the the star that it orbits where some of those um those green flags those positive signals for life are satisfied but (laughs) we know the environment on venus is kind of uh (laughs) harsh (laughs) And so it's probably not going to um, sustain life. So it's like having some of that information there to support, um, to screen through claims of alien life form before the claim is made broadly to the public and before it causes too much unwarranted excitement. So now the scale that they're proposing, we'll kind of look at the different levels. First of which we have detection of the signal. So that would be detecting some frequency coming from outer space that could maybe indicate biological activity. Level two, it passes this. We have found this weird signal. Number two, contamination rolled out. We're looking for maybe something that's skewing the signal or some other source that could clearly be causing it. <laughs> like an airplane in the case before. Is an airplane just flying by causing the signal to appear? We need to rule that out. Number three, level three, if it passed the first two checks, demonstration or prediction of biological production of signal in the environment of detection. Find some way where it's some indicator that this is coming from a biological organism. Level four, all known non-biological sources of the signal shown to be implausible in that environment. So the signal can't be coming from, uh, I don't know, the, from some other activity from a star having some sort of a event or something strange happening in that area. It's, it's not clear if we can determine that there's no other obvious source of this signal in the region from where we think it's originating. Level five, Additional independent signal from biology is detected. So if we found one signal, can we find another one that's separate from the original signal, but that also indicates biological activity? Level six, future observations that rule out alternative hypotheses proposed after original announcement. So once you announce it, then you let other scientists, other people evaluate the signal and see if they can come up with... um, some possible explanations as to what's happening. So if, if you didn't think of an, an a clear and obvious source, maybe someone else can. And they can just say, oh yeah, this is clearly from this other thing. And then you'd be like, oh yeah, okay. The signal is not from some other life form. And then level seven, independent follow-up observations of predicted biological behavior in the environment. So you found the signal, you found another signal, Other people have looked at it and they can't find another explanation. Then you're looking for more biological behavior that you would expect from some life form that could be producing the signal. So you've got all these steps that must be satisfied before the claim, we have found alien life, is made official, before it's embraced and known to be true. (laughs) So that avoids any sort of confusion or overstatement <laughs> when it comes to claims of identifying alien life forms. And it's kind of interesting. Okay. So I identified these articles. I, I found these articles and I, I just finished um, a book. And then, then when I finished one, the the event that comes after that is starting a new one. And so the book that I started was Project Hail Mary by Andy Veer. And that's the, the same author as The Martian. And this book, it's really good so far. And it's Kind of funny because it's about, it. it it's relating to this topic of um, identifying what is believed to be a biological organism, something living out in outer space. And so it totally, they were unrelated things. You no, know, they, oh man, hmm, were they unrelated? Let's see, I started the book and then I found these articles shortly after. Okay, so I guess they're not unrelated. I didn't think about it consciously, but... Yeah, I read the book first, and so my mind might have been thinking about this stuff. And then when I saw the articles, I was like, ooh, I was just reading about this. But anyway, it's a, it's a really good book. It's very well, it's written very well in a um, conversational way. It's, yeah, I, I like it so far. I'll have, to, I'll have to let you know how it is <laughs> when I finish it. Yeah, so an interesting uh, conversation here, an interesting look at in the search for alien life. Alright, um, it's time to <laughs> story time random discussion. I'll tell you r- earlier today I had this, this problem. I've worked out a math equation on paper. Uh, <laughs> a finite difference formula. a Specifically a second order finite difference formula for a second order ordinary differential equation. And I'd used it in a program that I was writing and it the program didn't behave the way I thought it was going to behave. And man, that had bug me. I was like, what is happening right now? And then, so naturally I'm like, well, my program's not performing. That's probably because I made a math error. So I went back to my problem and I worked through it again and I couldn't find a problem (laughs) with, I was like, no, it looks right. <laughs> so I did it again. And it still was, I couldn't find an issue. So I, I I called in some help. I got someone else to redo the problem. And ultimately they came to the same formula that I had. And at this point, it's like two days in and I've seen this strange behavior with the program. It's not doing what I expect it to. I, I know I have a problem somewhere, but I can't find it in my math. And I'm like convinced it's a sign problem. I make so many sign errors sometimes. It's it's kind of annoying. So he's like I can just go into my work realizing I probably made one, so just be look be on the lookout for it. It's like a you know, t-shirt it says, I probably made a sign error <laughs> because it's true. Anyway, so I, I had someone else come in, they got the same answer for the most part. And I've I worked through this thing like three times at least, eaten more easily, probably four, yeah, and then, and in the meantime, I'd left eating dinner, this was on, like, the second day, and while I'm eating, I'm just, like, solving this problem over and over again in my head, and I'm like, oh, did I just figure that out, did that thing cancel on both sides, no, no, I didn't, and then I I realized that, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm, like, zoning out during dinner, driving me nuts why this isn't working, and I, I, when we get back, And I'm looking at this program, comparing what I have on the paper to what I wrote into the equation of the program. (laughs) And I forgot a constant. I'm like, are all the signs correct? They were all the numbers correct? They were. I forgot to put a constant in front of one of the terms. And I was like, no. (laughs) Oh, well, it was rough. But man, was I happy when I found that. I was like, wave of relief just washed over me it was just a constant missing. Oh man. It was it was intense. Yeah. And it's like I've this week um there's there's been a lot of things that I've needed to do that I've somehow haven't quite had time to do all of them. Podcast being one of which. I'm a little bit later on recording than I typically like being. But here it is. I thought about doing um Doing like a a one-take show. Partly because it would reduce the amount of editing required. And allow me more time to do all the other things that I haven't done yet. But another part of me is kind of wondering. Or it's not so much wondering. I realize that an uncut episode, a one-through, would A. Require me to um, say things on the fly. (laughs) And to do so knowing that if I mess up, it'll be on air. So don't mess up. And I think whenever someone talks on the fly, especially with me on the podcast, I think it's good practice for me in organizing my thoughts because it challenges me to be concise in what I say and to say what I want to say without thinking or hesitating too much. And so I I think that's good practice. And what it also does is it gets me talking constantly and I, I, I'm i not allowed breaks or time to go back and fix something I said. I just need to accept that what I'm saying is is what I need and want to say. And I ultimately opted not to do that. I felt that the um, the content that's been included in this episode was the way to go. I didn't want to Shortchange just because I'm fall, falling behind, but that's I, I think it's a good idea, and I think I'll end up doing that. I'll try to do an episode that's entirely unscripted, unresearched, as in it won't be like on a specific topic. It'll just be me telling stories in a random as they as they flow. I think it, it would be a fun conversation, a fun show. To record and maybe listen to also one that'll just it may be interesting because I I won't have any idea the, the stories that'll come up uh, well random story here the book that I that I finished before uh, project Hail Mary was the Alchemists which is a pretty well regarded book from what I gather i I, I received recently the 25th edition, uh, 25th anniversary edition of the story. I hadn't read it before. I'd kind of seen it around, and so I gave it a shot. It wasn't very long, but it's like the author crammed every piece of advice that he'd received throughout his life into a single story, and it made for a really good book with a lot of things in it that you could take away and just remember and help guide you in your life it's it's like a, it's about this this boy who is in pursuit of his personal legend so like the realization of his life or um the realization of his dream he um he so he's in pursuit of some objective some treasure and along the way he meets all these people has all these challenges and he's always working toward something something that is meaningful to him, and it was really a good story. And I think it speaks to um, perseverance. Uh, you know, the the ability to overcome obstacles and keep pushing forward when you know you want to achieve a goal. I I know when I was reading it, I I, I bring a highlighter and just highlight sections and sentences that I thought were really valuable. (laughs) And uh, most of the time I would start reading it and then I would find something I'm like, I need to highlight that. And then I reach for my highlighter and it's not there. So I'd have to put the book down, go get my highlighter and then highlight. Yeah, it was funny. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed the book. That also (laughs) may earn itself a podcast episode. I think that would be one worth talking about more than just this introduction. Oh yeah, (laughs) I read this book recently. That was a good one. Okay, enough of the random discussion here. Uh, I think that's, that's about it. Let's, let's get to the music update. Now for the music update. This week, I'm looking forward to the release of the album from Silk Sonic called An Evening with Silk Sonic, and the album from Little Mix called Between Us. And now for my music picks for this week. First, I've got Still Life by Thrice, English Rock. Eternal Blue by Spirit Box, English Rock. Circle with (laughs) circle with me by spirit box english rock reckless by feed me featuring tasha bastard english dance stop motion by feed me featuring heights english dance intro seasons and patterns by wonho korean instrumental dazed and confused by glenn check english dance heaven angel by the driver era english pop spicy by cl korean pop Swipe by Itzy, Korean pop. 20 by Itzy, Korean pop. And then finally, Hickory Dickory by Chica, English rap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spoon Drift. If you want to listen to the music that I talked about, you can check out my Spotify profile, The Spoon Drift Podcast, and find The Spoon Drift Season 2, Episode 37 Playlist. For more episodes of The Spoondrift, you can visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spinnaker Radio's home on the web, radio.unfspinnaker.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up to date on everything to do with The Spoon Drift, you can follow me on Twitter at Spoondrift Pod, that's at Spoondrift Pod, or on Instagram at Spoondrift Podcasts. I hope to talk to you soon. filter (laughs) how I feel